In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Christ is in our midst. He was, is, and always shall be. Today, the Church commemorates two things. First, it is Forgiveness Sunday, where we seek forgiveness from one another in preparation for Great Lent, which begins tonight at sundown. We're having Forgiveness Vespers here. Uh, come join us. It'll be at 5 o'clock tonight. Today, though, I will try to demonstrate to you the life-saving practice, the unmistakable condition of our salvation that is forgiveness. And the church in her wisdom does this in the most subtle and wise ways by commemorating a second event in the life of humanity. Adam's expulsion from paradise. That is the other thing we commemorate today. Forgiveness and expulsion from paradise. What a crazy combination. You see, in orthodoxy, forgiveness benefits us, not those who we think owe us an apology. You can read about Adam's expulsion from paradise in Genesis chapter 3. We read in the passage the results of Adam's sins and transgressions. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. From this passage, it is obvious that forgiveness is not something that God requires from Adam, but it is Adam who desperately needs forgiveness from God. For too long, I would put myself in the place of God, and like my friend Justin, had failed to meet my demands, I would say to myself, I will never forgive Justin. That'll show him. As if my friend were walking around all day in agony, tearing his garments and saying, Woe to me if only Rob would forgive me. How self-important of me. Nothing could be a, have been less effective in accomplishing my goal. I deluded myself into thinking that I'm not ready to forgive him. Maybe one day, but not right now. And this delusion falls on all of us from time to time, as if our forgiveness is dependent on some kind of comfort and convenience. I assure you that there was nothing comfortable or convenient for Adam when he was standing across from paradise. Yet, he required God's forgiveness all the same. After a few years in seminary, I learned about this thing called forgiveness I heard once in a prayer. I must forgive those who trespass against me. So I went up to write up to Justin after years of not speaking to the guy and saying, you know what, Justin, I forgive you. He only looked at me dumbfounded and asked, what for? To which I said, in not so many words, you are a terrible human being, sir. I came giving you my forgiveness and this is what I get in exchange. 
I was shocked when he didn't kindly take to my imagined benevolence. It wasn't until 10 years after the offense that it hit me. It wasn't my friend's offense that pained me at all. It was my own inability to ask forgiveness of him that pained me. My own sin of intolerance, mercilessness, holding a grudge had rotted my soul for decades. Perhaps he never even knew he offended me. Bottom line is, he was free, but I was enslaved to my hatred. He was in the Garden of Eden, and I was expelled from it. I went to him and said, Justin, I have held a grudge all these years. I've lost you as a friend because of my hard heart. Forgive me. Justin responded, Sure, dude. I'm glad you feel better. Let, let's go get a sandwich. Forgiveness, my friends, doesn't be it benefits us, not those who we think owe us an apology. There is a witty saying of Blessed Augustine of Hippo who says, Imagine the vanity of thinking that your enemy can do more damage to you than your enmity. Imagine the delusion of our belief that someone else can harm us more than the damage caused by hatred residing in the soul of a person who was created to love. From this point of view, we can see that forgiveness when given is received and when sought is transformative. It wasn't until I asked Justin for his forgiveness that I began to see the true nature of mercy. Until I saw my own faults and completely abolished the faults of others, truly forgiving their imagined debt to me, that I began to see myself in a right mind. And this is how forgiveness benefits us and not others, by allowing us to see who we really are, beyond the lies we delude ourselves with. And it is only from seeking forgiveness that we can become, to begin to become, the version of ourselves God intended for us in the Garden of Eden. Through seeking forgiveness, we traverse the gates of paradise and are reunited to our true self. The church masterfully commemorates the fall of Adam as Forgiveness Sunday. We remember that all of creation laments at Adam's fall, not because he made a mistake, that he was a bad boy, but that he hid it and blamed Eve and finally blamed God without seeking forgiveness when he needed it the most. Is that not truly the case? Those in the most desperate need of forgiveness are the least likely to seek it. Adam fell, not God. It was Adam who needed God's forgiveness, not the other way around. If we see God in others, then it is we who are Adam, and our fall makes clear one thing. It is not others who need our forgiveness at all. It is we who need to be forgiven. May Christ open unto us the gates of repentance this Lent, and may we all see forgiveness from others now and forever and to the ages of ages. Amen.